Hello, welcome to the Healthy for Men podumentary series. My name's Tom Rowley. I'm the editor of Healthy for Men magazine. Before we get going, just a quick partnership announcement. This episode is brought to you by Bounce Foods. Now, Bounce's mission is to inspire positive change in the way people eat, think, and live, which is what the Healthy for Men podumentary series is all about. If you haven't tried Bounce Balls before, they're full of high-quality protein, high-quality vitamins and minerals, and they're great for when you're on the go and you need a quick snack. There's also a vegan option called V-Life, which are made from almonds and plant protein. Super tasty, super convenient. Grab a Bounce Ball from any Holland and Barrett store throughout the UK or visit bouncefoods.com for more information. Hello, thank you for downloading this bonus episode of the Healthy for Men podumentary series in association with Holland and Barrett. My name's Tom Rowley, I'm the editor of Healthy for Men magazine, and in this bonus episode, we speak with nutrition consultant Drew Price, all about vegan nutrition. Where do people go wrong? What are some of the misconceptions and mythologies behind the plant-based diet? And what supplements do you need to have a fulfilling plant-based diet? If you'd like to hear more from Drew, Drew's written a fantastic piece in this issue of Healthy for Men magazine, where he explores the paleo diet. What are some of the mythologies behind paleo? How do you do it properly and where can you go wrong? In the next episode of the Healthy for Men podumentary series, we speak to SAS Who Dares Win star Jason Fox. We speak to Jason all about his fitness routine, his experience in the SAS and some fantastic stories he's got uh, behind the lines. Thank you for downloading this bonus episode of the Healthy for Men podumentary series and I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Drew Price. What we want to do is explore vegan nutrition a little bit at first. Um, it appears that a lot of people find vegan nutrition quite controversial. Uh, someone we spoke to who's a dietitian um, was concerned that there will be a uh, osteoporosis crisis uh, if more and more people start taking up vegan nutrition because of they wouldn't have access to the resources to have a full healthy diet. Um, so can you give me an outline as to how you should have a vegan, a healthy diet? Well, the main issues with veganism are um, not dissimilar to the main issues with many other diets where you're, you're losing kind of whole food groups. So the main thing you've got to do is educate yourself. Um, veganism isn't inherently bad for you you know, bad diet is bad for you. So the thing about veganism is you have to look out or search out those things you're not going to be easily able to get from a plant-based diet. Uh, the classic one is B12, vitamin B12. Uh, vitamins, you know, they're a, they're a group of um, nutrients that are necessary for life. Um, that's the, that's the vit bit, that vital, it means necessary for life. Now they're cofactors in kind of biochemical pathways in your body. If you don't get B12, you start getting problems with, um, oxygen carrying in the blood. You get, uh, you start getting neurological problems, things like kind of, uh, things that look like dementia, that type of thing. So the problem with B12 is that, um, it's produced by bacteria in the gut of ruminants and those ruminants, so cows and so on, uh, they absorb that B12 and then we, you know, we eat 
meat. And, um, you know, the same with chickens and things like that. So these are sources of B12. If you're not eating those, you're not getting the B12. We do produce a tiny, tiny little bit of B12 in our own guts, but it's, it's just not enough. So you have to look that out. And that's a pretty simple one to cover, but you have to know that you need that. You know, it's all about education. Yeah. If, if you, it's like anything to do with diet. If you, if you don't know, then you can't tell. Um, so you look out the B12, but there's, there's other issues. There's the polyunsaturated fats. So you may have heard of omega-3. Um, omega-3 you can get from plant sources. Um, ALA, alpha-linoleic acid, is uh, found in flax seeds and things like that. But it's not quite the right type of fatty acid for us. So what we have to do is we have to take that fatty acid and convert it into the ones we do actually use in our body, which are EPA and DHA. Um, they're, again, it's all the same family. They're omega-3 fats, but they're the ones we actually use. Meat eaters will get that from fish. Uh, you can even get it from, you know, dairy, eggs, and things like that. So, you know, if you're not eating those things, you've got to know that and look those things out. Um, and that's, you know, that's another example of where you can kind of, you, you know, Flax seeds, you can kind of cover your bases, but it's not quite good enough. So, but you've got to know this. So if you're on a vegan diet, how can you ensure you're going to get enough B12? Uh, B12 is um, found in a, a number of supplements that are readily available and, you know, reasonably cheap as well. So you don't have to go crazy. Just, you know, go down your local chemist, health food store, even supermarkets, you know, and just find a B12 supplement. It's, it's, it's simple. Um, things like EPA and DHA, they're a little bit more difficult. Um, you usually find these things in supplemental form in fish oils. Now, if you're a plant-based eater, then you're probably not going to want those. So you can either really start using more in the way of flax to try and just optimize that, you know, get as much ALA as possible. So your body's got a lot to convert to DHA and EPA. Um, or you can try algal, um, algal forms of these things. And, and algae actually produce the types of omega-3 fats that we use in our body. Okay. Is there a risk of someone thinking, okay, I need, need to make sure I'm getting enough B12. I'm going to eat a ton of flax seeds or, or whatever it is. Uh, and then perhaps getting too much of something else that they're getting from that product? Usually the late, well, in the EU, um, the labeling is pretty clear. You know, you just, um, uh, if it's a supplement, you just follow the advice mm -hmm. on the label. If you're eating, say, flax seeds for this polyunsaturated fat, then, well, you know, if you eat a ton of flax seeds, you're soon going to find that there's a problem, uh, which is, you know, you'll be running to the toilet. So, you know, there are downsides with these things. And again, it's a bit of reading, a bit of trial and error, mm -hmm. um, a bit of advice off people who know. And uh, there's an awful lot of nutrition advice out there, but there's not very there's not a lot of very good nutritionists. Mm. Um, so, you know, identifying your sources, it's the same old story that about anything on the internet, you know, mm. um, get some advice, but look at the person giving the advice. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at vegan diets. 
what is the most um, common benefit that vegans get from, from their diet? The thing about veganism is, or any style of eating, uh, or any kind of, in air quotes, diet, uh, you don't necessarily reap all the benefits if you don't do it well. One of the things you see in vegans, and it's one of the big mistakes, is, you know, the, the, you know um, and you get it in vegetarians as well, they're basically pastatarians, you know, huge amounts of refined carbohydrate, you know, pasta, breads, noodles, that type of thing. So if you're eating plants exclusively, there's an opportunity to get, you know, loads of really quality foods like you know, vegetables and fruits and whole grains and, you know, and also nuts and seeds and these types of things, there is that opportunity. However, surprisingly few do it. And, you know, you've, you've got to, like any person, um, you've got to make sure that you're not filling too much of that plate with refined carbohydrate. Mm. One of the big mistakes you see with vegans. Yeah. So, you know, get used to kind of getting more um, plants and, uh, you know, well, more fruits and vegetables and those types of things on your plate, then you will reap the benefits. And the, the benefits are, you know, well, generally, um, you know, advantages for things like, you know, cardiovascular health and so on, and, mm. you know, kind of those kind of metabolic things as well. However, if you look at the research veganism and this is fairly controversial and um you know it's by no means kind of written in stone but if you look at the research it, it says that there aren't necessarily advantages to veganism if you're omnivorous i.e you eat meat fish eggs milk you know dairy products um if you do it right you can be just as healthy now people and it's an underlying element to all this research, people who adopt a diet style that's not particularly easy to do for their health are motivated for better health. So they've got all the other things going on. They're getting better sleep. They're getting more exercise. That's where the stats are quite uh, misleading. It, it, yeah, it's very difficult to tell. I mean, this is the problem with research is that you have to know kind of what types of things you're looking for and what necessarily supports your argument and what doesn't and what these, we call them confounds. So if I adopt a vegetarian diet and I start exercising at the same time, what did me more good? Well, it's impossible to know because you've confounded it, the results by doing the exercise. Um, a good example is uh, there's a paper that shows that teenage girls have, uh, I believe it's a year on year, almost twice as high mortality rate if they're vegan. Now, does that mean that veganism is bad for teenage girls? Or does it mean that teenage girls who are vegan have other things going on in their life that are an issue? Mm. So it's difficult to tell. And at the moment, the, the best and the kind of the big picture and the best of the research shows that you can have a mixed diet and get the advantages. Um, but, you know, there's different types of omnivores out there. Mm. Um, there's the ones that just eat steak, you know, and bacon, and that's that. 
well, they're not going to get the advantages of an omnivorous diet with lots of vegetables and healthy fats and so on. Just as there's many types of vegan eating out there, you know, loads of pasta or, you know, whatever. So there are advantages, but you have to do them right. Like any diet, you have to do it right. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you can only really look at um, the individual elements of a vegan diet, uh, you know, or rather uh, the individual elements of an omnivorous diet and see what is the effect that those are having on a body. Because um, when you do these large group studies, uh, it is impossible to get an objective view on it, isn't it? Um, so how do problems occur from uh, a lack of, should we say, because that's what we're looking at here. We're looking at uh, uh, you know, a, um, a restrictive diet, aren't we? So if you don't eat meat, uh, if you don't get, um, if you're not getting the average amount of dairy, how would you perhaps, um, develop a problem from that? So, um, there's lots of problems you can develop. Mm. Uh, you look at the types of nutrients found in meat, fish, dairy, that type of thing. Um, what you've got are, um, you know, vitamins, we've discussed B12. I mean, obviously that comes from these sources, but there's other things like iron. Um, iron now, iron levels, uh, not too much of a problem for men. Um, you know, lack of iron isn't, isn't too much of a problem for men. Uh, in, indeed in meat eating men, generally, um, we tend to consume a bit too much iron, um, if you're a woman, well, then, and you're, you're vegan, then, you, you know, you've possibly got a problem. Um, not only have you got a kind of the added problem of B12, which is involved in kind of oxygen transport in the blood, you're not getting the iron in its, you know, in its heme form. Um, the easy, it's, it's iron stuck to a protein that you find in meat. And that's really easy to digest and absorb and utilize by the body. So we're getting it in that other form from plants. Um, you know, things like green vegetables, that type of thing. Uh, and so that's, it's a bit harder to kind of absorb and utilize. So you get things like um, pernicious anemia and th these types of issues. If you're losing more iron, you know, every month as, as women do than um, premenopause pre or women do, um, then you're getting. So, you know, these types of things, there's other things, uh, there's other issues. Um, zinc is a little bit, you know, harder to come across. Um, you know, good sources of zinc are, you know, things like meat, fish and eggs. Um, what can happen if you don't get enough zinc? Well, it's, you know, you, with all these things, you don't generally tend to keel over dead, you know, straight away. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't really work like that. The body is incredibly good at going, well, I'm not getting enough zinc. Um, I'm going to retain, you know, I'm not getting enough of nutrient X. I'm going to start retaining that, holding onto that, mm -hmm. recycling it as much as possible. Um, this, this idea of homeostasis, the body likes to keep things the same, no matter kind of what you do. Um, so you don't kind of keel over straight away, but zinc is related to things like, um, uh, collagen synthesis, uh, synthesis of, um, a variety of hormones, obviously this being uh, the healthy for men podcast, then, you know, testosterone is, is a good example. Um, you know, so in theory, lack of zinc would mean, you know, lower testosterone levels. Uh, I say in theory because, again, with this homeostasis, you know, there's a lot of things going on there. And, um, you know, there's obviously there's a bunch of things we could optimize to kind of raise testosterone levels as well that, you know, would 
kind of maybe overshadow this if it's borderline deficiency. Mm-hmm. So there's all sorts of things that can that can happen. But yeah, so zinc, uh, iron, um, the polyunsaturated fats we've already talked about as well. So those omega three fats. Um, and omega-3 is, oh, it's huge. I mean, there's so many things it's involved in. Um, you're looking at things like, uh, inflammation regulation, um, but it's tied to all sorts of things. Cardiovascular, well, cardiovascular health is tied to the inflammation, but all sorts of metabolic health, um, cognitive health and so on. Um, so you want to make sure you're getting that. Other things, vitamin D, uh, vitamin D is found in a variety of foods, but you know, really you're looking kind of the animal-based foods. If you live kind of further north, well, the further north you live and the darker your skin is, um, the more of a problem you've got with regards to vitamin D because we photosynthesize vitamin D, uh, well, in the UK, especially in the summer months, um, not really in winter. Um, so that's how we've evolved. So mm. um, people uh, in the European world have generally evolved uh, with lighter skin, so yeah. it will absorb the sun better. Is that right? Yeah, that's a that's a theory. Obviously, it's impossible to prove. Of course, uh, it's all it's all kind of post hoc this mm. discussion. But yeah, that you know that might well be it. Um, you look at um, populations that don't get much exposure, um, Inuit, for example. Mm. Well, what do they live on? You know, they live on vitamin D rich foods. Mm. So, uh, you know, this is all, this is all kind of post hoc discussion, like, you know, all this evolutionary stuff, but Mm. you know, it seems to work out that way. Mm. Um, So, you know, vitamin D supplements in this country, basically it's come, it's come to a conclusion that most people are vitamin D deficient, D3 deficient. It's really hard because there's a bunch of different forms of vitamin D and your body can kind of get one converted to another. It can do that. But it's very hard to cover your bases with diet alone. So um, vitamin D3 supplements tend to be, you know, an issue for most people. Um, but for plant-based eaters, then, you know, you've got a bit more of an issue there. Mm-hmm. How do you make sure you're getting a good quality vitamin D supplement? Um, I would look at... Um, really kind of going for a D3 supplement. Now there's a number on the market. Again, we're, we're pretty lucky in Europe. Um, we've got what would some would describe as a fairly overburdened, you know, amount of regulation, but it does keep us safe and it does mean we're getting quality. Um, supplements. So, you know, you can go pretty much into any health food store, um, some chemists and some supermarkets and get a, a pretty decent D3 supplement. 400 IUs, it's this international unit, um, should be enough to cover your bases. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, in summer, um, the fairer skinned you are as well, um, then, you know, you could probably take stop taking that supplement altogether because, of course, it's, it, your body self-regulates things pretty well if it's producing it itself, so... Um, there'll be D3 and um, uh, calciferol, and it'll be dissolved in um, olive oil, usually. Now, there are cod liver oil supplements, which are different. They're A and D supplements. And 
you really, really, it's, it's kind of hard to overdo D3. Um, and, uh, it's, it's possible. Um, so always stick to the label regular, you know, label advice, but, um, cod liver oil, which I'm kind of talking about this because there are, is some confusion. Cod liver oil is an A and D supplement. Um, it obviously comes from cod that comes from the oil in the liver because these are fat soluble vitamins, A and D, um, that you can, you can overdose on pretty quickly. So, oh, really? you know, don't mega dose that. Don't mega dose any vitamins. Mm. Um, it's a waste of money. Um, it just goes down the, down the toilet. But mm. specifically, don't um, mega dose those things. There was a, a bit of a fad um, a while ago of mega dosing, wasn't there? Maybe it was 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, people were encouraging you to just take as many vitamins as possible. Yeah. Yep, yep. Vitamin C. Uh, as many tablets. Vimacy was was the big one, obviously. Well, if, if some is good, more must be better. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. You can never have idea. you can never have too much of it. Was yeah. The, kind of so attitude. Linus Pauling, um, a nutrition scientist, was behind that. He was an American nutrition scientist, and he he did he did a lot of good stuff. Um, you know, he was a he was a heavy hitter, but you know, no one gets it completely right, and. Um, he left an incredible legacy of, you know, furthering our understanding of nutrition. However, you know, um, he, he didn't get it all right. He had an idea about mega dosing. You know, it's going to stop you getting cold. It's going to make your cold go away after a day. Uh, you'll keep you young forever, that type of thing. Um, and it's really just been uh, latched onto and popularized because people think, you know, if some is good, more must be better. And also just taking loads of something, you know, you feel hardcore. Um, so yeah, if you take, and this is probably something that most people are aware of because it was in the media quite, um, uh, quite recently, um, although the research isn't particularly new, if you take a lot of antioxidants, what happens is you get the kind of net effect that's pro-oxidant, i.e., you know, it, you're rusting faster as it were, okay. um, because we've got antioxidants that we make in our body mm. that are incredibly good at their job. That's why we make them. We're evolved to, you know, we're kind of, um, we've, we've evolved to be as good as we can be at the moment, as it mm. were. So, you know, they're very well developed. Now, if you take, if you start megadosing vitamins, then actually we make less of these kind of um, internal, you know, endogenous uh, antioxidants. And so you can, you know, you get this kind of pro-inflammatory, pro-oxidative state, which um, a good example is um, dosing up on antioxidants after training. It, you know, training produces free radicals, free radicals are oxidation, cause oxidation, you know, that type of thing. Well, there's two things going on there. If you kind of megadose on vitamin uh, antioxidants after that, it can actually lead to more oxidation. And a little bit of oxidation is good for you. You know, it's it's this... Um, well, we call it hormesis, this hormetic stress, you know, a little bit of damage is good because you'll come back, you'll recover and come back stronger. Um, you know, what doesn't kill you type of thing. But- it's hard to get an answer out of that though, isn't it? Um, as oh, to yeah. what you should, you should be doing. Cause I think obviously most people, they want us, you know, a 12 step guide to yeah, absolutely. what they should do. Um, and it's, it's difficult because w- what we're talking about is, well, vitamin C is one vitamin. Mm. 
Uh, there's a lot of people taking it for a lot of different reasons and uh, with a lot of different needs mm-hmm. and goals. And that's one vitamin, you know, and lots of different people would, you know, if you times that by however many, you know, kind of nutrients there are, you know, kind of like mid thirties, essential nutrients, mm-hmm. you know, like 30 odd essential nutrients, um, then, you know, you've, you start getting problems giving the advice, mm. the ad- general advice I say for anything is just be cautious and don't go too much one way or the other, mm. you know, um, just go with the guideline daily amount, you know, have a, have a general multi if you want, but get most of these antioxidants, you know, these vitamins and minerals and things like that from fruit and veg. Mm. You know, that's where we're designed to get it from. So what is something like osteoporosis specifically? What it, what happens to the body when you have osteoporosis? So osteoporosis and um, osteopenia, which is the kind of, um, which is kind of uh, the kind of transitional state between kind of healthy bone and bone that doesn't have enough mineral density and protein density is, is so these three states, you've got normal osteopenia and osteoporosis and what you're happening, what's happening there is you're losing mineral density in the bone. Um, it's the structural material. Uh, bones are made out of protein and minerals, um, specifically calcium, but there's other things in there that are important, you know, sulfur and phosphorus and so on. So the reason dietitians are kind of looking at veganism and saying, well, this is an issue this is a potential issue, um, is that, uh, you know, the, the good source of calcium, and by good I mean readily absorbable and readily, you know, utilised by the body, are things like dairy. Um, they're not quite as, uh, let's say, as kind of useful as they're made out to be, you know. Milk is all about calcium, you know. That's how we've been told. The calcium's in there and we do get to it and it is one of the better sources. Um, But um, obviously milk is lacking from a plant-based diet. So, you know, you've got to look at other things. And when you start looking around at the sources of calcium, um, the grains and, you know, some of the legumes, some of the nuts and seeds and some vegetables, it's there and it's it's not in as great a quantity as you'd like. The, the dairy issue was, you're not an expert and you're, you're on the internet and you're, you're trying to figure out the answer to whether dairy is good for you or not. There's a lot of articles that say milk, you're not going to get any calcium from milk. We, our bodies can't. And there's all these, you know, theories, uh, which, you know, it, obviously it sounds like pseudoscience because it's just, oh, well, it's designed for a calf. Design is obviously a very uh, misleading term. Mm, yeah. um, so therefore it's not suitable for us, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, is that something that we're getting past, do you think? Uh, what, getting past that information or? Yeah, I mean, there's the expert consensus that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't call myself an expert on it maybe yet, um, but uh, I do research in this area mm-hmm. and, um, you know, actual research at a university. And uh, the calcium is used, it is absorbed. Uh, you see differences in telltales of calcium uh, consumption in people who drink milk and people who don't drink milk. It is definitely used. Mm. Um, so, you know, hopefully I can go some way to dispelling that myth. 
Um, as I say, it's not this incredible, well, it is a really good source of calcium. It's not quite as easy to use as it's made out to be. It's not just there and your body can grab it. It has to do some work. It's got to, you know, digest proteins and so on. Um, but it is a good source. You don't get that from a plant-based diet. Um, so this is one of the issues that um, is worrying kind of, um, let's say, the kind of more mainstream health-based nutrition mm-hmm. professionals, the dietitians, the doctors, that type of thing. Um, I would say that if you have a vegan person who's doing weight training, then you're going to go a long way to kind of getting around those problems. And veganism, you know, it may be better for heart health if it's done properly. Well, we've got an awful lot of people with, you know, heart problems at the moment. So, you know, you, you can't single one thing, one way of eating out and say, well, that's, that's bad, you know, because you've got to look at what we've got at the moment. Mm. Um, so, and there's all other sorts of other issues that we can touch on, you know, the availability of protein, animal protein versus plant proteins and, you know, food politics and mm. all, all that type of kind of food security in the future. So maybe mainstream medicine has to stop pointing out the problems and start kind of getting on board and thinking about how we can get around those problems. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I completely agree. Um, one thing I, as well I wanted to cover quickly was um, what anemia is as well. Yeah. Um, because we know that it's obviously a lack of iron. Uh, it's not, you know, your body's not getting the sufficient amount of iron. Um, but what does that mean for our bodies? Okay. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, well, um, anemia is a fairly common issue and, um, the rates are much, much higher in women. Um, and, um, once you know why it's easy to see why. So, um, anemia is, as you say, a problem with the blood, a problem with iron. It's it's actually an oxygen carrying problem. Mm-hmm. Obviously, our well, it's one of the functions of our blood. Um, it's not the only function, but it's one of the major functions of our blood is to carry oxygen around the body to where it's needed. Uh, it does that using um, a pigment protein called hemoglobin, which is this kind of big globular protein that, in its core, has um, an iron atom. Yeah. So it's kind of built around an iron atom and it's that iron that kind of accepts the oxygen. Um, so the oxygen sticks to that and um, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the blood travels to the lungs, the hemoglobin, which is found in the red blood cells, um, you know, that, that blood goes, um, those, those blood cells go into the lungs or, you know, the, the tissue around the lungs and where there's a lot of oxygen and it soaks up that oxygen just by diffusion, it diffuses into the red blood cell. And then when it comes into contact with hemoglobin, it's, it's locked into the hemoglobin. And then, you know, the blood's pumped on to the rest of the body. Um, and then um, where it gets to uh, kind of places in the body where there's not enough oxygen, um, then it just drops off and in effect delivers the oxygen to the parts of the body where it's needed. You know, it's like many things, it's, it's a really elegant system. Um, it's pretty beautiful. So obviously you need oxygen for res- what we call respiration. Uh, most people think of respiration as breathing, but respiration, when you kind of talk about it in, in a kind of biological sense, is what happens in the cell when you break down um, things like carbohydrates and proteins and fats, yeah? 
So um, it's unlocking the energy from those things. And it's, it's basically part of the mechanism that helps us unlock the energy and, and use it. So, you know, like a, like a, it's just like um, a car needs air, mm-hmm. you know, petrol engine car needs air. The energy is in the petrol, but you can't get to it without the oxygen. You need that to react. So um, what you've got with anemia is a, you know, it's kind of a lack of vigor, you know, low energy, that type of thing, but um, also kind of, you know, cognitive issues and that type of thing. So if you're not getting enough iron, then you're not producing enough hemoglobin, you're not able to capture enough oxygen and deliver it where it needs to go. Okay. Well, Drew, thank you very much. Um, You've cleared up uh, so much, uh, so many controversial issues that we've been um, brought forward. We spoke to uh, a, a dietitian recently called Sophie Medlin. If, if you yes. come across her, yeah, she was on. Yeah, she was on uh, this morning after, uh, yeah. a while ago. She got a lot of abuse for some controversial things she said about um, about veganism. But it wasn't it wasn't uh, really any, any dissimilar to, to what you've said here. But um, no, it's, it was great for you to clear up actually what these things mean. You know what it, what the, the mechanics of it. Um, we spoke about it quite broadly with Sophie, but. Um, for people to understand you know what's happening to their bodies and why it's not as black and white um, is really important i think so thank you very much yeah thank you for your time no worries